Voice Memos podcast with Jen and Myron. Hey, welcome to Voice Memos. I am Myron Clifton and my co-host is Jennifer. So Jennifer is a wonderful lady. She's originally from Wisconsin, now in California, flaming redhead with a beautiful big old dog named Mojito that I call Beast. She's a great sister, daughter, and a great friend. And uh, she is my co-host. Hey, Jennifer. Hello, hello. So nice that we're recording this because I get to save this and hear this over and over again, the compliments that you gave me. So I lied. <laughs> this is my friend and probably my bestest friend. I've known Myron over 20 years. He is a published author. He is an amazing writer, highly intelligent. And one thing that I can really tell you about him that stands out is how he raises his daughter, Leah. What took you so long? (laughs) I mean, what the hell are you doing? (laughs) You know what? I was sitting here writing and I was watching a horror movie and I didn't know it was this late. Like I, I had no idea. And then I didn't, I didn't know my phone was on silent. <laughs> oh my God. What the hell? I don't, are you, were you, I thought maybe you were standing in line for a senior citizens discount. I don't know. <laughs> you know what? I, I went to the, uh, I went to the 99 cent store today. For what? Everything that was 99 cents. <laughs> like, Wait, what the hell? is it? Did they increase their prices though? Like I saw something that yeah. they went up to a dollar twenty-five or something. Everything at a dollar twenty-five, <laughs> like twenty-six cents more. <laughs> it's funny because you know that's still so cheap, but psychologically, it messes you up because, like, it's not ninety-nine cents. It's false advertising. It's bait and switch. It is, and you know what's funny about it? I, I went to a. Um, Safeway, we're gonna forever lose a Safeway sponsorship, but there's stuff that my Safeway doesn't have that I was able to get at my at my 99 cent store. Like what? I I was I have been looking in Safeway for um you know you get these little I, I know you don't drink coffee, but they have those little cups of creamer like you um it's like half and half that you get like at a restaurant, they bring you a little bowl of it. Yeah, it those little okay. things. Okay. Yes. Yes. And so there's a couple of brands of those. And um I can't think of the name of the brand, but Safeway has been out for about three months. Like they just don't have it. It's the weirdest little thing. Like they have that crappy powder, you know, yeah. that, you, that kind of stuff. Poison. But yeah, it's, that stuff is really <laughs> awful. And then it's all flavored. It's just really disgusting to me. And I just like the it's just a little thing I have and half, just a tiny little thing. But they haven't had it, but my 99 cent store had it. I mean, why don't you get the half and half that comes in like a container at the store? Why do you need those little ones? Because I don't drink that much. Oh, I right? see. So, right. So if I have, say, if I have seven cups of coffee in a week, I might just use that creamer like one of them, maybe, maybe one time, maybe two. Yeah. And I just don't use that much. And the big creamers just go stale. So it's funny how your camera's facing down so it's like you're looking down on me <laughs> <laughs> it's a power move it's like going into your boss's office and it's so high listen do you like, think in the do you think in the dollar 25 cent store that they'll eventually have um white lives matters t-shirts from kanye's collection oh my god kanye west you know what let me oh. tell you something he doesn't, you know, look, that guy. Does he speak for you? <laughs> oh, my God. So he has been, he's not a troll. And he has been who he is for quite some time. He went to the Trump White House. He hugged him. He was wearing his MAGA hat. And, and people are like, oh, you know, he's promoting an album or something like that. And then, you know, he's, he gives these really weird gospel concerts with these choirs who had to sue him because he didn't pay him, just like his daddy Trump. And and now he's wearing, you know, these white light matters things with Candace Owens, like, and she's like a, a really, really deplorable human being. And and now, just now, some of his most ardent followers are like, 
yeah, this is not a this is not a I'm tapping out. Yeah, I'm tapping yeah. out. Yeah, this this is who he is. And and, and it's because why life matters, why life matters as a phrase is offensive because it's only in response to saying Black Lives Matter. Exactly. Right. And that's why would all. he choose that? Why would he make the statement in his fashion line, if that's yeah. what that's all about, with that stupid ass shirt? Right. Right. Exactly. And so, well, you know, um, one of the reasons is that that uh, Kanye, and not just Kanye, but there was a, this is a long story. I'm make this very, very brief because I'm going to blog about this soon. That one of the one of the facts that came out when Steve Bannon was arrested and he's under trial and he was Donald Trump's campaign manager for a while, but then he couldn't hold that job because he couldn't pass clearance. And now he's been arrested for, you know, treason and all this other kind of stuff. But he deployed one of his strategies to help Donald Trump win was he said, we need to siphon away black male voters from the Democratic Party. If we could take a percentage of black male voters, it'll harm the Democratic Party because Black women and Black men are the most loyal Democratic voters. Black women vote in over 97, 98%, and Black men have been in the low 90s, and in the, in the 90s with Obama, and then with, with the first time Trump ran, when Hillary was against them, they were able to siphon off about 6% of Black men. So, But then the next time Trump ran, 8%, somewhere between 8 and 10% of Black men voted for Donald Trump. So the strategy was, Go get black men like that. You could take that wing. Not you don't get have to get a lot of them, just enough to cause some harm, right? And so the strategy was they 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 deployed um, all these resources towards Facebook, right? And so so it came out. This all came out after the election that they promoted you know millions and millions of views on Facebook with um, fake memes and all this just bullshit. But it was they were able to get a certain percentage of black men, and specifically they targeted rappers. <laughs> so Kanye went towards him, um, um, Killer Mike, that guy named Killer Mike, and then there was the other ones who were just not. They didn't go hard for Donald Trump, but they went towards the stop black men from voting for Democrats. So Ice Cube, Dave Chappelle, Steve Harvey. Um, Luther Campbell from Two Live Crew and some other media people just went very hard. And, and then as soon as the election was over, they all disappeared. Like they all disappeared. Just gone. But now that we're heading towards the midterms, they're all popping back up again. Like, they're all popping like, back up. And so, and they're pushing. And most of these are wealthy, uh, wealthier uh, Black men. And influential. Influential. That's exactly right. And so, and so that, that, strategy is still happening right now. And they're, they're pushing this, oh, the Democrats don't do anything for you. Oh, go this way, go this way. And it has been proven that stuff is funded through, well, now it's not Steve Bannon because he's out of the picture, but it's funded through Russia. That Russia's strategy to break up and harm the U.S. is to play up our racial differences, right? Because we do have them. So they target it just like Steve Bannon Black men with misinformation and dis disinformation. And look, here's another thing that, that there's a certain percentage of not just black men, but Hispanic men and Asian men who they don't so much as hate white supremacy. They just want their turn to be in charge. Right? They they want to control women just like just like these um these white men who are in charge. So it's not that they really hate them. If they were put in charge, they would be just as bad. Right. Wow. And so there's a certain percentage of them who are just awful humans. And Kanye West and his white lives matter. He's like he's like right at the top of that nonsense. I mean, I'd like to get one and just just put the X through it and and paint over it. I mean, to think about to think about using this platform for right. perpetuating racism. I mean, that's right. what he's doing. He's perpetuating the, right. the continual battle that black and brown different races need to fight every fucking day and yes. he's choosing to use his platform right. to to speak for white people listen bitch you don't speak for white people right listen i don't want to be last week we talked about freaking jeffrey dahmer and white women being almost forgiving and compassionate and empathetic to the fact of why he did what he did right like i mean the, like the white lady that got the jeffrey dahmer tattoo 
and sending him like letters and money and books. Like that's, I don't want to be part of that categorization. And I'm going to tell you a funny story about the Jeffrey Dahmer thing after, well, nothing's funny about Jeffrey Dahmer, but a story about the show, Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, I, I don't want to be associated with that as, as your platform. I don't know. I went to a Kanye concert once when he, you know, he's kind of hip. It was at the Lakers state Staples center. Um, yeah. It was an okay show. I wasn't like, Oh my God, this is amazing. I just thought this guy has some issues and he's, Right. I think he's self-diagnosed that he's got some mental illnesses. I mean, I think yeah. he's shared that. Yeah. And you know what? Um, and I don't know that he does, but I, he said that. You're right. And I'll say this, that um, his mental illness doesn't make him wear that T-shirt. Right? Right. right. Like mental illness doesn't make you racist and mental illness doesn't make you a um, misogynistic, homophobic asshole. That's your mental illness. That's just you as an asshole. I don't think yeah. I could have said that any yeah. better. Yeah. Um, you can't hide under that umbrella. You can't hide You can't hide under that umbrella not, that that's the reason for your excuses of why you do what you do. Even if Jeffrey Dahmer had some mental illness, it doesn't justify the fact that he killed people and ate them. Like, there's no justification. Right. You know, I, listen, it, so, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer and his situation and his serial killing happened in Milwaukee. Well, Ohio originally, and then um, in Milwaukee is where they finally, the guy got away from him. And okay. um, so my sister who says, you know what? I'm going to watch Jeffrey Dahmer with my sons. Like I'm going to sit down and with the anticipation, this is verbatim from my sister's mouth. I am going to have them watch Jeffrey Dahmer so they could see sort of what Milwaukee looks like. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Sir, in the first 20 minutes, she thought, I don't necessarily know if this is a great idea. <laughs> hey, and I think you said something. She used Jeffrey Dahmer as her travel log. <laughs> travel log. Hey, let's take a trip to Milwaukee. <laughs> Through the eyes of Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh my God. <laughs> Pipes in and says, hey, you know that was filmed in Inglewood. It's <laughs> not even Milwaukee. <laughs> you're getting, right, you're getting all the gory horror and none of the Milwaukee. Nothing. There is nothing that you would see on that film that would that would spark any sort of memory for you to share with your children. I cannot believe that my brother and I died laughing because she was so like, well, you know, I'll sit down and we'll talk a little. Oh, maybe there'll be some memories I could share. Bitch, he serial killed people and attacked. Oh my God. So I've been seeing a lot of um, feedback on that show. You know, of course, the victims, the victims' family. Yeah, families. Have to, yeah. Have to revisit that again and have to, have to. You know what? Um, um, I was looking at the news and there is a serial killer in Stockton, California. My brother just shared that with me. Right? And I think the number of people killed is up to seven or eight, maybe nine. And I, I guess he is shooting people. And I think they've linked them to a couple of murders in Oakland or San Francisco as well. So it's in the general, it's an area, but most have been in Stockton. He's shooting so them? I think, I think that's something I read, I want to say a couple of nights ago was shooting and they just have like a blurry image of the guy and most of the victims have been hispanic men um, alone at night and i was like you know what all those true crime podcasts and datelines and 2020s and 48 hours go to stockton and get ahead of your story go there right now and go catch somebody Yes, right. help us solve this crime. Where's my criminal mind analyst? Exactly, right? Y'all be telling these stories for years. All you Netflix Jeff Jeffrey Dahmer people, go to Stockton right now. Like, stop this shit right now. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. I, I got that yesterday and I thought I'm going to dig into that a little bit more to see what's going on. I didn't realize that it was shooting and I didn't know if it was targeting specific um de demographics yeah and the and by the um the 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 grainy video of this guy it's like he was it's like a video it's like a still picture maybe he was like walking down the street or something and you can't tell it's just a guy in a big jacket and i think he's wearing a it's just a 
it's just a silhouette. Like you can't really tell anything. Only thing you know is um, it's a man because men, you know, this is what men do, right? Men are, <laughs> women aren't hiding out trying to look for people to shoot. They're not walking around just being a serial killer, like just <laughs> killing people. Yeah, so 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 that's why I have an uncle who lives in Stockton. My uncle, I talk about my uncle all the time. So I was on a group text where I'm on a, a standard family group text, like everybody. And, you know, I got a couple of them going. And you know, let me just say, if I tell a story about my uncle, sometimes with these family group texts, I got to do like, I used to be at work. I got to just call out, just, hey, you know, everybody, I'm sick today. I'm, I, I can't participate. You know, I'm just, and I'm going to do it on a like, a Thursday and a Friday be done for the weekend. Like, <laughs> like at school, they text too much. It's too much. <laughs> so, so I was, so I was in that group text. I said, my uncle, I sent my uncles on that text, uh, group text. And I was like, Hey, um, there's a serial killer in Stockton and, um, you, you need to watch your back. And my uncle says, I'm trying to watch the Raider game. <laughs> I go, yes, I understand that. But I just figured, since I had your attention right here. <laughs> Stop bothering me with your with your insights on what I need to be watching. <laughs> I go, yeah, okay. So, but he is, his house, not coincidentally, like even before he heard this, his house is for sale. He is trying to move, so. So, yeah, so I hope he gets out of there sooner rather than later. So it's yeah, funny that, you know, because working for Verizon, I all those districts that I had, Stockton was one of them. And I remember, yeah. I mean, that it got held up at gunpoint. I wasn't there at the time. You know, it, of course, it traumatized the people that did work there. But every time I was told, hey, you just need to get out of this area before it gets dark. I mean, right? you don't really think about it because we're here. I mean, you and I've had this conversation many times. I don't walk after dark or try too early in the morning. I don't have a headset in. I try to keep my awareness. I walk with pepper spray. And to have a group of people tell you, right. hey, I'm going to walk you to your car and you should be here after dark. That, I mean, I, I don't know if I can ever get past that. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I read something. I don't know if this is true. I don't know if I read this. Someone told me this because I used to work in Stockton and um, someone told me that Stockton is another one of the cities in California where, upon release from prison, they're dropped off in, in the city of Stockton. Wow. Yeah, so I don't know if that's true, but, but I know there are release cities. Okay. You know, you get out of prison, you get a ride somewhere, they dump you, they dump you somewhere, and Stockton is one of the dumping places. So It's crazy because yeah. I, I used to work out with a girl who was worked for like the gang unit in Stockton. Yeah. So she was part of that. And the, the reason why that, that place and it's so predominant, I think she told me at one time, I don't know it, there was hundreds of gang um, gangs in that area. And she told me because listen, it's a major corridor. You could go to Sacramento. You can go to the Bay Area. You can go down to LA. It's that all interchange right there where things happen that from you, you, all the components of people and gangs can actually, I don't, not as a meeting zone, but technically that's the hub of where things can originate. Yes. You know what? That's interesting you brought that up because I was listening to a podcast not long ago about the famous, um, one of the famous serial killers in California, and I can't, maybe it's the Night Stalker or something like that, I'm, I'm not sure, but um, that person was just going up and down that corridor, killing people, like that's what it was, it was just up and down that corridor, up and down that corridor, that's crazy, yeah, that's it is, because so... you can get, you can go from Sacramento, um, Northeast California, or the, the Northern Valley of California, but you can take 99 yep. or 5 all the way to LA. Yes, yes. And that's like, I don't know, 400 miles or something. Yep. And a lot of that is just open farmland, you know, with a couple of cities here and there. But so you drop in someplace like Stockton and, you know, do your business and head back on the freeway. And an hour later, you know, you're a few hundred miles down the road yep. in a whole other community. You know what? There was a, a speaking of that, that corridor, that family in Merced, right? So Stockton is, is one place you go like another hour down the road and you're in Merced, man, I, don't, I guess it's about an hour or so. 
And this guy, his wife, and her the, uh, eight-month-old baby, and the wife's mother, I think. There's a video. Um, some guys, they had a, some type of private business, and the guy shows up. It's all on video. And, and, the, and the husband meets the guy outside. The guy has, like, a bag or something. They go inside. And then the next video is they're, they're going out the back door. Um, no, the guy, they're inside the store, and the guy pulls out a gun. What? And then he marches the family out and they disappear. And so then it, they were kidnapped. And so that was on the news. See, this is Thursday. So I think that was like Monday or something like that. And last night, Merced police said they found the family. All four were dead. Oh, wow. Eight, including eight month old baby. Oh my God. Yeah. And no all, leads, nothing. They do have a lead. They're looking for a guy. Um, um, I can't think of his name, but he's like, I think it was in his 40s, early 50s or something. And I was just reading this very late last night. So I don't have all the details on the guy that they're looking for. Other than he killed a family of four. Fucking hey, man. And that's, that's, that's the same quarter we're just talking about. It's the same so he could quarter. go anywhere. Yes, he could go. In, he could be anywhere. So the only thing you have this mass murderer out there. He may or may not be the same person who's a serial killer just an hour up the road. Damn. What are we coming? I mean, we've got, I mean, we definitely see, and I, I hear people at home invasions and people knocking on doors at night asking for help. And then of course they're invaded. You got women that are, yeah. you know, more cautious. And then you've got like hurricanes that are just, you know, I think they're up to, in Florida, I think Ian, the last I heard, now it's probably more than that. That's not even on the news. There was a couple hundred people that had died from that hurricane. Yeah, and I, I, I heard this morning on the news. Um, I, I got a, a hundred and twenty five hundred and thirty, and almost all of them drowned. Oh, yes, drowned. Let me tell you a, a drowning before we finish, because I want to talk about their fucking fuck nut of a fuckery um, governor in Florida. But yeah. um, so when I was younger in Wisconsin, my parents would take me up to three lakes. It's, you know, we'd go on vacation. We go up North. That's what they say. You're going to go up North. Okay. That's you're on vacation. So we're on a lake. And I was with um, a girlfriend and I was probably, I don't know, maybe 10 or something. And I always played the wolf, you know, like I, oh, I pretend I'm drowning. And the girl that was watching us would, you know, jump in to save me. And I'd be like, ah, I'm not drowning. One time I'm out there and the bottom of the lake just disappeared. Like it just dropped. And I literally started drowning. And what? the girl was watching me just sitting like, you know, like her hands on her head, um, thinking, listen, bitch, I'm not falling for this bullshit again. Yeah. Uh, and I remember the fear. So the fear of drowning. And then all of a sudden it was just dark. Like that was it. And I, yeah, my dad heard me and he had to jump in and then, you know, get me from the bottom of the lake. Oh my yeah. God. So the, oh my God. the fear of the, the, the anticipation and losing your breath. I don't even know how it, I mean, you know, of course it happened so many years ago that I'm sure that if my parents got on this and told that they would tell it a different way but from my visual perspective and my memory that's there it just it wasn't pain it was panic and that panic was way worse probably than any pain because you're just you're just like thinking oh my gosh there's no way out and so to have that thought process of drowning oh, after no you know you do hear this people are like well they told you it's mandatory evacuation yeah they tell you it's mandatory evacuation but you also have the money to go someplace so if you don't have right. the money because you you just you're not financially stable to be able right. like i'm gonna leave pack up everything right. in my car and then go to a fucking hotel or a campsite or pay right. for gas i have to stay like i don't have the economic foundation so i it's either i stay with my house and try to my best to stay alive or i leave and not be able to take anything with me it's it's funny right. how people outside look in and think well they told you mandatory evacuation yeah but you know what even and you're right about that and even with that they they didn't tell people to evacuate until a day or so before. Oh. It's just some, in some cities, and some of those cities were hit very very hard. And what your but your point is right that that typically poor people can't leave like that. 
not everyone has a car. We have no mass transportation that can take people out of places. And you, you just can't do it. It's e- Yeah, it's not as easy as some people think. Just hop in your car and go. Well, what do you do with elderly who live alone? They don't have a car. They're not driving. Right? Why are they what do packing you do up with- their shit? Exactly. What do you, what do, you do with um, um, a place like a, a senior community? Like you have, you can have 100, 200 people in a senior community. How are you going to get, who's going to go get those people out? Like sometimes their relatives are on the other side of the country or state, like they're not there. And there's no big, you know, uh, uh, buses that's coming to just pick everybody up nope. and take them. And where are you taking them? Who's going to take, you know, if you, if, if South Florida is having a hurricane and you have 100,000 people in danger, where are those people going to go? Nowhere. We don't have a plan for that. And you know what? As a matter of fact, as you bring up an interesting point, because one of the, one of the things that um, the UN report on climate change um, it is very comprehensive and it's, it's, it's something they've been making for 20 years or whatever. But one of the things it says is that a people who live along the coast are going to be affected, you know, the, the most frequent and uh, the most devastating, right? People, because you're on the coast. And then two, that um, poor people are going to get it the worst as well. So, because you don't, is what you just say, you don't have the resources to do things. And that's not just poor people in the US, that's poor people all over the world and people who live along the coast. Because even though in Western worlds, coastal living is um, uh, very elite and for wealthy people generally, around the world, it's not like that in some places because you know you live off the water and you have people who are just really, really poor and that's, and that's, where, they, and that's where they live. And these hurricanes or typhoons as they call them in other parts of the world, um, or that storing heat we've been uh, hearing about in different parts of the world, it's going to affect people. And it just like anything else, it's going to get poor people first. And so a lot of the people you're seeing in Florida were, it's just like with, um, with disease or vaccinations or earthquakes or whatever, it's always the poor, it's children, it's the elderly, right? Yeah. It's the least, yeah. And we don't have mass emergency transportation. You no, just don't. nothing. That's like when we watched, you know, when my coworker recommended five days at Memorial, you, you think about the aftermath of Katrina that was happening at that hospital and the choices that had to be made. It's probably a great time for people to watch that. But I would also say that in regards to evacuation and mandatory is that you can stay. The problem is if they it's if, a, if it's in a mandatory evacuation, that means help won't be sent to you as a priority. So uh-huh. if they told you to already leave and you stayed your last. It's kind of like what they should have did with people that didn't get vaccinated. Right. You don't right. get vaccinated. You have to wait in line for a spot yeah. in the hospital. Right. Yeah. So they're telling you, hey, leave because we're going to go to places that didn't have mandatory evacuations to save those people first. We're giving you a heads up. But a day or two isn't going to be enough for anybody. I mean, yeah. first of all, driving away from the hurricane is going to take you some time in general. And you have kids, you have animals. So people leave their animals behind because they're like, God, I only have an hour. I only have one day. How am I supposed to take everything? And when you, you know have a fucking governor, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. I and, thought you're done. And we have a fucking governor that is against aid and then now turns around, has to beg for aid because he needs money to help with this state. It's like you're in a, you, you stayed in a state that is actually one of probably the worst states. I'm not a Florida fan, been there a couple of times. I don't like it. I don't like, I, there's nothing about it that I enjoy. Um, yeah. So you, and, and this governor who was anti against mental illness, against Hurricane Sandra relief. I mean, now he's sitting here begging for relief for his, for his. Right. He had, he had $12 million to, to, to send a private airplane to Texas to pick up migrants, to fly them to Massachusetts. <laughs> right. He had $12 million for that. And let me tell you something else political about this. Cause everything in America is political. Yes. When Hurricane Maria hit and blasted the, uh, the upper East coast. So New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Connecticut, those places. Uh, Ron DeSantis, uh, Matt Goetz, um, Marco Rubio, all voted no for aid to help those people in New York and New Jersey who suffered under the, that hurricane. They all voted no. They all voted no. We do not want to give any funds to them. They were like, it's their fault. Let them do their own shit. And they're going to spend this on stuff that this money is not meant for. 
and they were spending money on repair the road, um, repair the bridges, um, uh, send money to to fix schools and public buildings and you know, hurricane damage. They all voted no. I mean, think about that. They're, they're so wrapped up in their stupid politics that that in a moment where fellow Americans just need help because of a natural fucking disaster, they said no because it was going to Democratic-led states. And now here he is, like, well, you know what? We need a, we're sitting on the fucking Bermuda Triangle. We need a whole lot of money. Help us out. With his tail between like, his legs. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, so you know what happens, Jen? Because, I mean, you know this as an adult, that that as an adult, it's not all of the people in Florida's fault that their leaders are ass-ass. Now, it is some of them because they vote for them. Yep. But when you have an emergency, right, it's like, okay, wait a minute. We have a collective nation and a federal government because we say we are one people from a government perspective. You got some shit that happened. Okay, we got the resources. We're going to go help you out. You put politics aside and you say, we're going to yep. help you out. Now, when Donald Trump was president and California was on fucking fire, he was like, they need to sweep the, sweep the, sweep the forest. That's too bad. <laughs> yes, he used a broom and said, sweep up, sweep the floors of the fucking forest. That's what he said. Yeah. We don't want to give him any money. He said, we don't want to give him any money. That's the 55% white women responsible for that vote. Yeah, oh, yeah. So DeSantis had to, you know, you have to, you have to, in an emergency like that, you you have to come, you do, you come to the realization that as a governor, you're just like a regional manager. You, you're not in charge of shit, right? You need a president of the fucking United States to come down there and you have to sit by his side and look like a scorned little fuck with that you are and ask him, he's going to do it, but you have to put on the show and ask him for relief. And then you got to kiss his, 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 his Joe Biden ass in front of the camera <laughs> to say, no, they were, they responded. They're giving us everything we want. He's a good man. You got to You got to play that game. Right. And then look, the best thing about it, part, cause there's nothing good about it. Like you're saying about Jeffrey Dahmer. But one thing that's funny about it, he tried to, make it look like he was involved in recovery or some shit like that. Church. And for some reason, someone gave him some knee-high white boots. <laughs> I guess they were waiters. I mean, you would know this better than me from being, you know, I think your dad is a fisherman, but they're white. So the instantly, like within minutes, the internet went crazy with so many memes of him in these white boots. He looks like Miss Green Eminem. He looks like a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. You know, all the photoshopping. And I just thought, whoever gave him the white, those white boots hate his fucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like a go-go dancer for the six of the white boots. And his glasses, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer's glasses are going on. They, they were put up for $150,000. Oh my God. $150,000. Uh, like it's, it's so perplexing that one lawyer, I think ended up buying, if you watch uh, it, he ended up buying all the stuff and then having it destroyed. So no one else could do it. And then gave money to the families. I mean, to say, Hey, here's, uh, everybody's getting a portion of this, which is crazy. I, I mean, to even think that you would want, you know, something like that, but let me tell you, men in prison get written to all the time. And they, Jeffrey Dahmer was not any different. I mean, people, he had fans and he got letters in jail and man, when he thought he found God and that guy beat the shit out of him with a weight bar, like it was hard for me to watch, but also very happy for me to watch. Like someone took victory upon him, but right. yeah. So you think about, you think about currently, you know, of course, Florida is dealing with Ian. And then now we, we just saw OPEC, uh, and right. doing a deal, oh my God, to to limit the amount of um, oil being shipped to us globally, 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 globally. Yeah, so that yeah, they, they they're going to decrease their production by something like two million barrels a day or something. Oh. So you drive it's the the effect of um, you manipulate the market. You say we're going to pull oil off the market, so you, it increases the demand for it, so the prices go up even higher, and no, it's not just gas prices that go up higher, but it's it's food prices because you have to truck things. 
and then yep. car prices because you know you you're you're shipping those things and those things were buying off Amazon before Christmas. All that stuff gets shipped from China, and when oil goes up, the prices of everything goes up. So Saudi Arabia is working with Russia because Russia said we're going to cut back on the gas that they because they they supply a lot of natural gas for a lot of European nations. So it is a it is a direct response to the U.S. saying. We're going to put sanctions on all these billionaires in Russia who are funding Putin's army and their economy. We're going to harm their economy. So their response is to harm not just our economy, but the world's economy. And fucking Saudi Arabia is doing it. Look, look, you know what? I don't think Saudi Arabia gets enough smoke for, look, those fuckers were the people that bombed the country on 9-11. It was fucking Saudi Arabia, right? And they were part of the oil crisis back in the 70s. And they're the fuckers that just gave Derek Trump $2 billion for, we don't know what, but let's just imagine they gave him $2 billion because he and Trump gave them nuclear secrets that are held by Israel. You know, that's the rumor. So they, they're doing all that. They killed that journalist from the Washington Post um, uh, last name Khashoggi, they tapped them up in a Turkish hotel oh, and put them in a briefcase. And they are one of the main um, uh, recipients, and not only USA, they don't need our money, but they get our weapons, right? They get our weapons because our military is makes so much money off selling shit around the world, and they sell them to, like, they sell them to them, and they sell them to Israel so that they so that they stay balanced militarily. But I'm like, if you fucks are, ra- are, are trying to harm our economy, then you know what? We need to cut them off. Cut them off. That y'all take care of yourself over there. We're done with you. And I don't know why we don't, and you know, throw that on top of they're doing it globally. So that means for the world people, that doesn't mean that Biden is sitting here controlling that. So please refrain from posting on other people's social media platform that, oh, thanks, Joe. Thanks, Brandon. Like this has nothing. This is why our society is so fucking irritating is that they don't know bullshit and they have this false propaganda. And that to me, I mean, I know we're going to do our list of I hate things in the next couple of weeks. That's going to be one of them. I hate people that don't know what they're fucking talking about before they open their mouth. I hate it. Like you can't blame Joe Biden for a global, a global catastrophe that's about to happen because OPEC is now going to have to raise their prices. They're they're supplying the demand and gas prices are going. It's another example of how the president of the United States is not the emperor of the world. You know, I wish we he was. control everything. We're not in charge of everything. Even though, you know, Americans like to think like we are the rulers of the world. We're not. We're part of the global economy and shit could impact us that we have no control over. Now, we can influence things. Now, you can send some diplomats to Saudi Arabia and say, what the fuck are you doing? Right, right, try to put some pressure on them, but man, just the just the when just with them announcing that, not only did it hurt the stock market, that leading up to Christmas, you know, when our companies make all, you know, they 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 get in the block, they make all their money, right? Preemptively start raising prices because they fear that people will buy less and shop less less as prices go up. So just do it right now, and because people may take the hit right now and may not do it later. That is. That is some underhanded stuff. But you know what? The cost of war is expensive. Yeah. This is, this is a, not only do you lose people, right? Because between uh, the Ukraine and people and Russian soldiers, a lot of people are dying, right? So that's worst of all. And then how it hits the rest of the world is where the world runs on um, the global economy and trade and things like that. And you start hurting people like that. So we're all going to feel it. And you're right. It's not the American president's fault. It's not a. It's not a Republican fault. It's not a Democrat fault. It's a whole other country that's. It's capitalist. Up. It's capitalist. That's what it is. Capitalist, and you know, you think about. So I know we we haven't touched on this. I don't think on any of our podcasts, and and recently it's come to. It's even getting worse. Was Israel and the mortality police that killed the twenty two year old? Um, you know, you mean uh, uh, Iran? Iran. Sorry, sorry. Did I say Israel? Yes. Yeah. Yes, that is horrible. Horrible. And they just found another 17-year-old, too, that um, they say was taken by police and killed. And I think cut up. I don't I don't want to 
I don't want to say for certain, I, it's briefly that I, these are all coming across like news articles. And, you know, I see a lot of standing, standing with Iran and, and it is, it's actually getting really terrible over there. I mean, they're cutting off internet. They're cutting off. I mean, you know what, you know, what's funny, not funny, but um, that poor girl, um, that poor girl, they killed her. And those women are, they're, they're restarting a revolution there. Cause you know why? Look, if you look at, if you look at videos or photos from, uh, from Iran in the forties, fifties, sixties, and even early seventies, that was a very cosmopolitan place. Like just a beautiful place and people just living their lives. And then, you know, I don't go into the whole history of Iran, but then the, the religious extremists took over and they, they pushed, they pushed them back, you know, centuries but you know what people are like or women specifically are rebelling against that because there's there's pictures and videos and tiktoks of of the of the leaders of that country their kids all over the world having a great time in bikinis tiktok videos you know living their lives where the women back in iran are under this oppressive regime regime controlling women and you know what look look Anytime you have a, a, a country's government fall to or turn to religious extremism, one of the first things they will do is control women. That's what they're going to do. It, it, it's true down through history. It's true all over the world because it'll be men in charge who say that in the entire universe that somehow... If there's a God, that God is talking to them specifically. Oh, my God. And for some reason, no matter the religion, in all these religions, no matter the religion, they get the idea, they say that what God has told them that you, woman, you need to do what I tell you. That's what God's telling me. And it all ends up the same. Just some, just some nonsense. And really, you can liken it to look at the extremists, our own religious-fueled um, party, the, the most religious-fueled party that's run by evangelicals and all these other religions, you know, they don't, women can't get abortions. They're, they're right. outlaw, outlawing being able to say the word gay or they're, they're banning books in, in schools. Um, they're even making it a, Ill, illegal to, if you assist, if you're a doctor and you assist a woman with an abortion, even in telling her where to go to get resources, including birth control, that's a felony. That is, that's mind blowing. Because you know what, you know what, look, I have religious, I have some religious, I have a religious upbringing. And one of the things Christianity promotes is God gave us free will. So, because you, if you ever ask a Christian, why doesn't God just tell us, why doesn't God just make us you know, sinless and make us love them instead of going through all this rigmarole. They'll all tell you because God wanted us to have free will, to, the ability to choose to love him or worship him and or not, right? It's our, it's our choice, which is funny because then these men get in charge and say, no, you don't have free will. It's not your choice. You're going to do exactly what we tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, reading your book, you know, Jamal and his church of Ventures, you think yeah. about when you had that as a blog and I was reading through that. All of that is based on true stuff that happened within the church, yeah. right? Yeah, every, so, every story, every story in my novel, um, Jamal's Incredible Adventure in the Black Church, um, book plug. It's a coming of age story about a 17-year-old boy who lives with his uncle and his auntie. And his uncle is also his pastor of a uh, Pentecostal church. And um, so you see if Jamal is promoted to be his uncle's personal driver, and so you see the church world uh, through this 17-year-old boy's eyes. So it's a coming of age. You get to see his family life and the stories, everything that he encounters or witnesses are all true. And there's and some wild stories in there. It's a lot of stories. And it's crazy because of the hypocritical I, I I was I went to Catholic school. I was born and raised a Catholic. I went for six years for first grade to sixth grade. And you know, you go to church three times a week, you get baptized, you get communion, you do you Bible, whatever, whatever yeah. that means. The as I started getting older, realizing the rules that come along with being a Catholic, right? You know, I, premarital I sex and you know, a lot of things that 
that they tell you you can and cannot do. And so, you know, you learn to come of that. And I'm like, well, I don't want to be dictated by something that's written by somebody, by a man, one for, for sure. And I don't want to have to be told that how I show my worth and my value is to pay the church who lives under this tax-free umbrella when I'm paying my hard-earned taxes. So all of that started coming to grips and understanding. Now I get it. People need an outlet for something spiritual that gives them some purpose in life. And I get that. I respect it. Maybe I don't agree with it. I respect it. And I listen to it. Um, So when I, when I think about what's happening in Iran and women not being able to wear, they have to cover up their their head, head to toe. You just think that, how would you think under any right frame of mind that that would be something if God chooses or Allah or however you view, you know, your spirit above that would tell you that you have to cover up what you were given your birthright. So all of that is so disconcerting to me. And it's really sad because there's a, there's a helplessness to it. There's a, there's, yes, I can be aware of it, but there's still a helplessness of what I it, can do there is. to change something. I, yeah, I, I, I can't get past the fact that um, that if, and I say this is a big IF, if there's a God somehow, that that God could create, say, um, like some of those stars we've been seeing with the James Webb Space Telescope, that mm. some of them are like just, it's hard to even wrap our minds around them, like being a billion miles away or light years away. And, you know, just some stuff like that, that somehow that same God that created that is worried that a woman has something to cover her hair. I mean, what the fuck? Think about right? like common sense. And so common, I guess, but think about if you rationalize, which that's, what's missing rationalization. Right. right? Like, like, like they create, a brain, right? All that our brain does and all our emotions and stuff, but somehow through, or like you just said, all these variations of hair. (laughs) Or you know what? Like I was going on with a family member about, well, you know, if you say we're created in God's image and all this kind of stuff, then God must have a sense of humor. So we (laughs) we can make some jokes, right? There's Bible stories about God getting angry, so we can get angry. And why can't I, as an individual made in God's image, have an argument? Because, you know, I, I wrote this piece um, last week about um, things I like to say to my mother, because her birthday just passed. And she would have been 77 on her last birthday. And one of the little paragraphs was, look, did God have a mother that he mourned? Because if he didn't, why the fuck did he bother taking mine at an early age? And he owes me an apology. <laughs> right? Yes. You don't know what mourning and losing a parent is like. So you should owe me an apology. And I had some, I have a family member say, why would you write something like that? I go, <laughs> God's a big boy. Like, <laughs> right. If, if your God is all you say he is, he's a big boy. He can take it. And he got thick skin. These, right. And these emotions would come from him. Right. So why can't you have that discussion? Like, I think that would be okay. And, and they were like, well, you know, you know, God's all knowing it. Okay. Whatever. So I don't want to get the whole God thing, but yes, going back to the women in in, in Iran, if they had a choice to either wear the hijab or not, that's fine. Cause you can make your choice. But when your government forces you, forces you to do it, right. And their kids are out gallivanting around the world having a good time in this Western life that oh. they say is evil. That's that's some messed up stuff. You know, I you, you mentioned something about space too. You I, I follow this guy on Instagram. I cannot think of his name. I guess he used to be a football player, then he went to school and now he's like he, he's a, a scientist of space. I don't what do you call those? Uh, uh, I'll, well, it'll come back to me. Yeah, okay. Um, but so he was saying that the whole alien discussion, how he said, you have to think about our galaxies are billions of miles away. So if there were aliens and they saw our earth, they would be seeing it when it was filled with dinosaurs. Right. Right. The time thing is so messed up. That is, I mean, fucking mind blown to think. It's mind blown, right? 
they're not seeing us in our current state and the evolution of human beings. They're no. seeing us before the Big Bang, like when there was right. like you can't see shit. There's nothing here. Yeah, like by the time they're billions of light years away. So by the time our light would reach them, or you know, we send these radio waves into space, or you know, stuff like that. You're talking millions of years. Like it just it it doesn't it doesn't really work. It doesn't work. That's why when people talk about you know aliens and Area 51, that to hear that to come from the scientists to think they wouldn't even they would that we would just be dinosaur. We wouldn't even be here right now. Like there's no they're not floating around trying to take people up and kidnap them. You know what? We we launched that the, the um the U.S. launched the Voyager spacecraft. I think there were two of them, and they launched them in the 70s or something. Um, somewhere in the mid seven, let's say 75. I'm not sure the exact year, but let's say it was 75. And it was meant to be the first interstellar spacecraft. I mean, they just sent it out into space, just send it. it oh, bye, went, see you later. They would send back signals for as, as long as long as it could. Well, that thing, um, one of the Voyagers, um, it is still sending back signals. And it just, I want to say maybe it was last year or the year before, it had just left our solar system. You're talking 40-something years. <laughs> Going nowhere. Like, space is so big. And I think it's the first human-made thing to get out to what they call interstellar space. And that that is, it left the solar system. So it's out beyond, like, Pluto or something. And it's just in this neck of space. Uh, the woods is out there, but now it's just out there. They they think it won't hit some, it won't hit anything, but it won't get to somewhere else for another hundred years. Forty like, years, it's already been out there. Yes, and it's just, I mean, it's far, but in the realm of space travel, it's it's gone nowhere. Dang, see, like, when you think about and put that stuff in that perspective, it just it it kind of is. There's an insignificance to you know who we are as. Yeah being on this yeah. planet i mean in general yeah. But yeah to think about when all those folks out there talking about aliens and now to hear that scientist i never put it in that perspective i never thought about Amen. they're only going to see the light they're only going to see what we were at I, I don't even know how to right it's, it's mind-boggling now you know mind-boggling. What? There, there, there's this show on netflix that i've watched it twice it's called um a trip through infinity yeah and it's new it just came out um last week or so probably the last week of september or so and it has um cosmo uh, cosmopologists cosmopolitan cosmopolitan people, people that study space okay. uh, philosophers mathematicians and theoretical people and they just they're just in an interview with some graphics and stuff and they just talk about the concept of infinity like does the does the universe go on forever? And then what does that mean? And they put it in, they talk like we're talking just in, in terms of- terms. Uh, yes, and it's about an hour or so. It's fascinating. I'm going to watch that. It just, it, and it's, and it's, it's, it's mind-blowing. It's stuff like, like you were just saying that if aliens are out there and they're looking back at Earth, they're seeing Earth as it was long ago. And it's like that. And they just take it to, they look at the math behind it. And even some um, philosophers who, who, just talk about it in ways that you just go, wow, this is, it's just meathead stuff. It's mind blowing. Wow. Okay. I've already watched it twice because there's so much. And they take you through these experiments and say, well, here's consider infinity like this. And they just take you through these things. Oh, I want to watch that. Mind blowing. So speaking of that, so I watched that. So that's something I recommend. And then because it's October, um, and my daughter wants to see what she calls the classic scary movies. Oh, wow. We watched the very first, um, we watched two movies. One was the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, son of a bitch. Okay. Uh, That's like so, watching The Wizard of Oz because of those right, graphics. <laughs> right? It is. That movie is more, it's more frightening than I remember. Like, it is crazy because it doesn't have a lot of today's, um, of overly produced slasher movies. It's very raw and it's very abrupt and it is really terrifying. But here's the best trivia I have from that movie, that it opens up with the narrator telling you about what's happening in this area of Texas. The narrator 
is the actor John LaRiquette. Remember that guy? He was on like Night Court. Oh, uh, yes. Tall that guy. guy. The, yes, that's the narrator of that movie. <laughs> it is the most freaky. I was like, John LaRiquette, that guy? <laughs> you never know. Okay, so then, so I, I highly recommend the original. And then we watched part two. It is an utter disaster. <laughs> and it stars Dennis Hopper. Oh, my God. <laughs> it is one of the worst. It has to be the worst part two, the worst horror movie ever made. It's that bad. Damn. I'm it not is- a horror fan movie. I mean, I like thriller type, but not like slasher Michael Myers movies. Yes. Okay. So then we watched one more. So then we watched um, the very first Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, that's fucking creepy. That's a creepy movie. It was more creepy than I remember. And it was more overtly sexual than I remember. You know, that really, that weird 80s. Yeah. Uh, overly sexual. And it was a little bit, a little bit odd watching with my teen daughter, you know. But um, but guess who was one of the stars of that movie? Johnny Depp. Oh, my God. <laughs> Johnny Depp was Glenn in the movie. And he's the guy, I don't even ever seen it because you don't watch those kind of movies, but he's the kid who gets pulled down into his bed. Oh, and, yeah. I did see the first one because I remember one, two, Freddy's coming for you, three, four, better luck. Yes. I remember yes. I watched that and freaked the book because I, I right. was thinking it's in getting you in your sleep. The concept of that was incredible. Right in your sleep, you had to try to stay awake. Oh, my God. Yes. And that and that blood that shoots up through the bed to the ceiling. That's yes, Johnny Depp. that's Johnny Depp. <laughs> that's what Amber wanted him to do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my God. So, so what are you watching? Uh, well, I finished Dahmer. I'm in the middle of the... I, I am I am loving, loving House of the Dragon. It is a chef's kiss. It is so good. I love how they fast forwarded 10 years in episode five. Now they're gonna be fast forwarding a couple of more years for the for the kids to be older. So the kids of the princess and okay. the queen, they're gonna be older in the next series. I am loving every aspect of it. It's easy to follow. The one thing I fucking hate still to this day is I have to turn off every light in my house to watch it. It is, it's it's insane. And so- right. when, What, what episode that, are you on? I'm, on I'm, I'm up to date. So I think it okay. was five, yeah. Okay, so I am, um, I'm one behind that I'm gonna watch today. So good. And I, I'm enjoying it. And, I, and like you, that them filming in the dark kind of thing. I, I want to get the uh, whoever's in charge, like the Netflix per, or the um, HBO person, the director, or they call them showrunners or whoever. I want to get them. I, I want to get my little Apple flashlight. And I want to just <laughs> poke it in their eye. Right. I want to just chat. I want to hold their like on a clockwork orange. Have their eyelids open with those toothpicks and just flash my camera into their eye, right? Like, give us a fucking light, HBO. You got money. You got money. Get some lighting. I, on the opposite, want to beat the shit out of them in the dark. <laughs> I, you're so right. Like, I don't know. Art is for my wall, right? I, you know, an art of a movie, if I want to see an indie film, but if I'm watching the house of the dragon and there's dragons flying and there's a kid on it, I want to fucking be able to see it. Yes. Show that. Like that's the appeal. That's the appeal. I don't get it. Wait till you watch this past week's episode. You're going to be pissed. Okay. Okay. I'll be ready. So I'm going to watch it today and yeah, I'm ready for it. Um, Okay. So dragons, I'll be, I'll be caught up on that. Um, there's a new She-Hulk out today that I'm going to watch. I'm going to be caught up on that. And um, so you're watching Dragon. You finished Dahmer. What else are you watching? I'm watching the Housewives. So the Beverly Hills Housewives uh, reunion, I think, was yesterday. So I'll watch that tonight. I got Salt Lake City on, on the top, Handmaid's Tale. Um, and I think that's it. Oh, I, I started watching. Okay, so I gave Abbott Elementary two episodes when it first came out. And I was like, oh, this is kind of funny. And then I saw that it was nominated for an Emmy. And so I watched all the comedies with the exception of Barry um, that were nominated. So I went to give Abbott Elementary, which is on CBS, I think, 
That show is fucking. That show is funny. So good, huh? So that principal is something else. God, I love her so much. She's so much. She's so good. This last, this last one, she made a. She the the teachers wanted to make a wish list to get stuff from the community, right? So because they don't have any um, school supplies, so the principal said that's her jam, and she made videos for for and then put her own items on the wish list. She put it like a Theragun for like massaging her quads. Like, listen, I, this is, it's funny. So I'm going to probably finish, I'm going to finish season one this week and then I'm going to start season two, but yeah, I'm really enjoying that. I finished season one of, um, of that and, um, season two, I think it's probably like three or four episodes. Okay. In. okay. And, um, I catch it a day later, like on Hulu or something. Yep. And it is, it's very well done. Every character is very well done. So funny. And it's the same concept of the office, like they're being filmed, you know, like the office yeah. was um, in this elementary school system and the teachers. And it is, it is, it's, it's funny. It's and really if you good. want a good laugh, you have to watch it. Wait a minute. Did you, um, did you finish? I haven't finished it. Um, did you finish the uh, patient? Is that still going? Oh, I'm caught up. No, there, it's a 10 series. It's a 10 oh, it's episode okay. series. Oh, oh, I got way to go. Okay, I'll catch up in the next few days. I, was so I think episode six was, maybe it's seven that was just out. I, it, it is. Uh, uh, okay, so I'm two behind. Oh, okay, yes. I, I'll catch those this weekend. And um, hey, a little uh, deviate from um, TV. How was your fantasy football? For not to really talk about it. I had a win finally. <laughs> I cannot, I feel like there's a gif out there with like Joey from Friends closing his eyes and trying to find his way around. That's exactly how I feel about my fantasy team. I can't seem to do anything fucking right. So now I'm just in it to be part of the smack talking. That's it. That's the only, that's the only joy I find. <laughs> that's so funny. And uh, hey, how about speaking of football, how about um, Giselle, Giselle finally leaving Tom Brady's? Or I did not hear that. Yes, he's like they got they got lawyers. Is that why she's he's so skinny? Yeah, and you know what? And remember, you know, he's been for years he's been saying he's gonna retire, he's gonna retire. Yep. Finally, last year he retired and then he gave that big old speech. Oh, I've missed time with my kids, you know, no soccer matches, you know, all that kind of BS. And you know, I want to just be a family man now and all this kind of stuff. And then a month later, he unretired. Oh yes, and, I remember. Right. And so you can imagine because, you know, look, she she was like a top model and she at home raising them kids. He's playing football and all that. She probably just said, you know what? OK, that's enough. And she bugged. How and many years have they been married? I did not it, hear this. It's been I want to say 10, 15 years. It's been a while. And you know what? And she's like at that stage of life where. You know, she's still relatively young. Maybe she's 40 or something like that. Yeah, she's young. Still, you know, she's still gorgeous and everything. But she probably don't want to be just home. Like, she wants to live. And they live in Florida. I mean, come on. And she's from Brazil. She's probably thinking, get me the fuck out of here. Yeah, I don't blame her. <laughs> right? And and I saw somebody, you know, the, the fanboys online was like, oh, she's after his money. She's after his money. I looked it up. She's worth $400 million. Yeah, she don't need shit from him. Way more than she's worth way more than him. Like she don't need nothing. Nothing. I mean, she's got she's she was a top model for a right. top tier, top tier. I'm talking. Right. I mean, when when they had the Olympics in Brazil, I think it was summer or something, or World Cup or something, she was in the spotlight. Like she came down the walkway representing the country. I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah, this she don't need Tom Brady. So as much as I hate Tom Brady. I'm really happy she's leaving. <laughs> there, there might be a chance for you. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, yeah. So anyway, um, what else is going on? We're almost. Oh, we're over our time. We should. We yeah. should. We should. We'll wrap it up. Um, wait a minute. So next week is our twenty-five. Twenty-fifth. Yes. Twenty-five top things we hate. Each of us. Okay, that's fair. I got Not it. I mean, I could. I could go. I, I can uh, listen. I'll have it all the way up to hundred at some point. <laughs> I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start with the. the oh, I, you know what? I'm gonna save it for next week. Okay, I, all right. I, I, okay, Jen. Where can people find you online? You can find me at Jen Van Lan and Veg on Instagram. Big button to smile on TikTok, 
And I am the redheaded vegan on Twitter. What about you? Uh, find me at Myron J. Clifton on Twitter. Um, same on Facebook and um, uh, Instagram. Or you can, I, I have a couple of accounts. You can find me on Dear Dean on Facebook as well. All my books are there. Amazon.com. My author page has all my books and stuff. Um, this podcast, uh, share this podcast, rate us. Uh, we are we are soon to be the number one podcast in the world. Just give us a couple more episodes. Yep, and, and we'll try to remember the little people that support yep. us. That's exactly right. Um, okay, John, I'll talk to you next week. All right, bye. Bye.